I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Uh, starting with an um. Welcome to our podcast, Wheel Suckers! My name is Alex. I would like to start with Clanger, Clanger. Alex and Jenny's Clanger. <laughs> we have both clanged! <laughs> we clanged at the same time. We clanged into each other. <laughs> we would uh, like to admit that we didn't properly introduce ourselves in the previous edition of so, our podcast. So if you were confused... That's we apologise profusely, and it won't happen again, because I'm Jenny, and this is Alex. Hi. I look after social media, marketing, and events at Look Mum No Hands. Look Mum No Hands is a cycle cafe bar workshop on 49 Old Street. We serve coffee, bikes, and beer. And um, food. <laughs> what do you do, Jenny? I run the London Bike Kitchen. We are a do-it-together bike workshop in Hackney. And we serve education and yum, yum, empowerment. Yum, yum, yum. I always want to say yum, 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 yum. <laughs> yummy, <laughs> yummy knowledge. <laughs> We've got an interesting addition for you today, but we'll have a quick chat about what have you been up to today, Jenny? So today was quite exciting because BBC Women's Hour came by and recorded in the workshop. I had no idea this was going to happen to this extent. Like I thought they were just coming in. I was going to teach Jane Garvey how to fix a puncture, and then it was done. They wanted to do some sort of segment on women and bikes, and then it turned into we're going to have the entire episode filmed and recorded in Bike Kitchen. So we had to basically close the workshop. I had no idea oh my this God. was happening. I was like, okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> nice. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, I'm not going to say no to this. It's like an honor um, I had a lot of people who are regular listeners and I think they, they announced some sort of teaser and I don't think they mentioned bike kitchen, but they said like a bike workshop in East London that has a women's night and people were like, is it you? And I was like, yeah, yeah, they're coming today. Yeah. Sam um, was like, oh, I was listening to it, but they didn't really say London bike kitchen, but you just think who else could it be? <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. So it was really great. We had quite a few people in and it was very exciting so it was um jane garvey who's the presenter and she's very good she's very professional you can tell she's been doing this for a very long time we had rochelle gilmore who runs 
uh, Wiggle High Five, the women's cycling team, which is really exciting. Uh, Grace Garner, who's one of the racers on that team. Sarah Connolly, who runs, who's very active on social media. Uh, she says she lives on the internet. That is how she describes herself. That's yeah, amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's her address. That's where you find her. And she lives and breathes women's cycling, professional racing. And then we had Astrid Swenson in, who is a historian, and she talked about some of the history of women's cycling. It was very interesting to have this entire thing going on in the workshop. So, so when can we listen to it? It's coming out on Bank Holiday Monday. What kind of time? I have no idea. Okay, cool. No just clue. listen to it for the entire of Monday, all of Monday. Yeah, or just will look it be at available, hour. Will it be available digitally afterwards? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. you can download it. We'll link that. that. We'll link you to that. that so I just want to say we've got, we're showing the Tour de Yorkshire. We're also showing the Women's Tour de Yorkshire on Saturday. And luckily, because Sarah was down from Bristol, she was hanging out at Jenny's Kitchen. So we've got a section with Sarah that we're going to play now. Welcome to our guest section. Could you please say your name? My name is Sarah Connolly. I live on the internet where I talk all day about professional women's cycling. Professional women's cycling. I know. So could you just say a little bit more about what you do? Because, Sarah, you are a pro. I think you're amazing at what you do. <laughs> but So where can we find you and what do you tend to produce? So I live on the internet at prowomenscycling.com uh, where I write about women's cycle sports. So professional top-level uh, road, bit of mountain bike, bit of BMX, lots of cyclocross, bit of track, anything that's kind of paracycling. I write about it. I have a podcast with my friend Dan in Australia, and I live on Twitter at PW Cycling for Pro Women Cycling, where I chat about cycling all day and share things online. Yes, you are extremely prolific. <laughs> we all want to feel bad about our social media, which we kind of did in a previous episode. Sarah puts us all to shame. You are tweeting 24-7. Yeah, I just have a short attention span, so um, Twitter's perfect for me. <laughs> so, yes. So, we have Sarah on the show because... Jenny, would you like to admit something to us? I'm not au fait with professional women cycling at all. I actually have... No interest in it. I think it's great. Don't get me wrong. I think it's important that it exists. But uh, it's same with men's cycling, men's professional cycling. I'm like, meh. They're all on drugs. They they have all this money. They throw their bikes away after every race. Men throw tantrums. Like, I don't want to watch that. Yeah. So, instead, we'll watch women's cycling. <laughs> We're going to have a little game where Sarah is going to try and convince Jenny. Uh, I, w- I don't want to do why we should watch women's cycling as a whole because I think women's cycling as a whole because maybe that's too much. I'd like to maybe hone in on this weekend is the Women's Tour de Yorkshire race. So perhaps we could start there. Why, why should we give a shit about that? Okay, so... In Britain, we have two of the biggest races in the world. And I know if you don't like cycling, this may may not sound like a good thing. But two of the biggest women's races in the world are three, actually, if you count the Tour de Yorkshire, the Ovo Energy Women's Tour, the Olympic Women's Tour, the Prudential Ride London GP, and now the Tour de Yorkshire. So I'm going to turn this round. So what do you like? Like, when you're consuming media, Jenny, what sort of things do you like? Do you like stories about people? What do you like... Do you like things that you could emulate yourself? What's what, what kind of what, what are your hooks? Mm, I guess I'm thinking of the podcasts I listen to. Then 
I like interesting stories. Like I listen to 99% Invisible and they always talk about interesting stories behind design. I like documentaries because I like real life. I mean, I like fantasy stuff too, but those kinds of things, I guess. Oh, brilliant. Because <laughs> 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 so I just did the, the Mr. Burns fingers. Can, I, yeah, can I just like, interject to say that Sarah is so physically pumped. There is so much stoke. It's awesome. <laughs> She's going to convince me. No, I'm putting up my barrier right now. Yeah, <laughs> I can see a horse field in front of Jenny, and now Sarah's going to try to attack it. No, no, I don't want to attack it. No, yeah, I mean, no that's true. the thing. The thing is, is when I first started watching Women's Soccer, I completely agree with you about the doping, the vast amounts of money, the drugs, the what am I watching? Is it real or is it WWE wrestling? Do you know what I mean? Is it WWE wrestling on wheels right That now? would be awesome. I would watch that. <laughs> I know, yeah, I want to watch this likely wrestling. At least we know it's fake, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, they do have bike ballet and they also have bike polo and things like that. And and they also have like trials, which is where you do the amazing, you know, the street yeah, dancing yeah, yeah. on bikes. Yeah. Mark where, Ashton. Yeah. Jumping. Bonkers, stuff like that. So basically, the, the difference between men's professional cycling and women's professional cycling, A, they don't have the big amounts of money. A lot of them are doing this because they absolutely bloody love it. In fact, for a really huge proportion of the peloton, they could be getting more money working in an office. Well, like all of us, I guess. They could be getting more money working in an office and staying at home and they'd have an easier life, but they just love cycling. They're not doing it because, you know, when they were 15, they were really good at it and it just gave them a vast, you know, someone will just sign up to a Team Sky brand contract and they just get more money than God. It's not like that at all. So that's, when we talk about women's cycling, we're talking about them coming from a place where they're, still developing and growing and a lot of the stuff that the women's cycling do i mean i love social media we all love social media right they've built their own audiences they tell their own stories they've got like completely hat stand stories whether so there's something for everyone whether you like the massively inspirational i broke my entire body playing hockey and then i realized i could cycle and so i've redirected my passion or whether you like something which is just someone just making sacrifices for what they do or just someone who just finds it hilarious and likes posting photos of themselves getting things wrong and telling you which way they put their socks on in the morning so I, <laughs> there's lucky lucky socks apparently yeah. you put your, I'm wearing my lucky really? socks I don't wear socks <laughs> I only wear tights I'm sorry I don't know if that admitted something now <laughs> wow yeah no wow yeah. Even, on, even on the bike yeah so I only wear tights I don't actually own any trousers Think about that. Yeah, wow. Listeners. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah is stunned. I accidentally stunned Sarah. I wasn't meant to get involved. <laughs> so, obviously, that's a little bit difficult because when you're going into the Tour de Yorkshire on, on Saturday, you're not going to be able to know those stories. So, you're probably thinking, oh, come on, Sarah, I can't do all that research before I watch it. But it's being commentated by Rochelle Gilmore, who is in today on one channel, and another channel is commented by Iris Slappendale. They're both ex pro cyclists. So what they so when you when you're thinking, well I don't really understand when I watch the commentating sort of France they're talking about cheese and castles. They talk and, about a lot of cheese. <laughs> yeah. Wine. Why cheese? <laughs> it's, a, it's a 
marketing exercise. <laughs> they, they, basically, here's the thing is men's cycling is really long. Women's cycling is capped at 150, 160 kilometers a day, right? Men's can go up to, two, to 300, like double the amount of women's race. So there's a lot of time to fill mm. for the commentators. So, oh, cheese. Yes, yeah, with cheese. <laughs> cheese for mine. I mean, to be fair, that sounds like the... That's right. Oh, yeah. So when you're watching it, you'll have Rochelle Gilmore, Iris Lappendale, they both are pro ex-pro cyclists they both love the sport and they're going to be starting their commentating aiming at well you know you you know aiming at someone who doesn't who's not an ex they're not aiming it at me because they don't need to because i can watch it and interpret it so they're making it easier for they'll make it easier for you and they'll tell you some of these stories they'll tell you a little bit about what's happened so far so you can watch it on 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 saturday or watch it and look on their hands. Come and watch it and they'll be able to help you in. So it's not like, I mean, I've, when I've, my partner tried to get me to watch men's cycling for years and I couldn't watch it because it was just made no sense and it went on forever and, and it just looks exactly the same. Mm. Women race in a really energetic, dynamic way. They're limited to how much they can race. So they have lots and lots of energy. So there's always some, there's pretty much always something happening in the race. It's not like this big, long four hours of the same thing, of the same thing going on. So those are kind of some, some stuff to kind of hopefully make you feel a little bit better about it. But it's also, it's this really, cycling has this amazing thing of the interaction of the landscape. Like you're watching it and you're watching Yorkshire. And these are places that you can go and ride yourself. You know what I mean? Mm. You can see them riding through. Um, they're going to be riding through Masham, and they go, which has amazing breweries. And they're going to be riding past Fountains Abbey, a Cistercian Abbey that, that's all that's been knocked down. They're going to be going through um, the best village in England, voted for by TripAdvisor. <laughs> <laughs> well, right, well, that, that must be true. I know. <laughs> How could it be a lot? But you get to see a lot of this. You get to see actual real places that you can go to that makes it and, and it's not necessarily even about it being beautiful sometimes it looks like rough as our souls but it's still interesting to see it and how the landscape changes and you can picture it so although you can't picture yourself racing on it there's a lot of people who watch races and then go out and all right i'm going to have my holiday to france riding around the vineyards eating and the cheese yeah. and cheese mongers yeah of france <laughs> Why not? It's a marketing exercise. Yeah. <laughs> Tourism <laughs> is life, friends. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, basically, I mean, cycling's a weird thing because it, it's like one of the weirdest sports. I guess swimming's a little bit like it, where you say cycling and it's everything from I ride um, <laughs> half a mile to work every day or I ride to keep fit or I go on a spin bike, you know, to keep, purely to keep fit or I go cycle touring or, or I do sport. And it's one word to mean all these different, 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 mm. different things. But there's this massive golden thread of different things you can do on a bike. These women are doing absolutely incredible things. They're entertaining. They're exciting. They're, they've got massive personalities, who, which you can even just see on the bike. Ellen Van Dyke, when she attacks, she looks like this. And the ride of the Valkyries plays a theme music, and she just, like, you can see the effort that she's putting into it. She grins through her pain. And you watch her and you're like, holy shit, you're so badass. It's amazing. I love you. And I want to be you. So, you know, so there's, there's, there's these things. Or you have the rider who keeps attacking and she keeps getting caught back by the, by the peloton. And she keeps trying anyway. And, oh, it's doomed to failure. But, but better to try and fail Drama. than never to try before. Mm. 
or people who make a tactical in bad decision and it all goes to hell. So there's, there, there, it is exciting. And okay, well. <laughs> what I would say is if you don't feel that you have to watch the full three hours of it, because when it's on racing like um, at, at the Tour of Yorkshire, it can feel a bit intimidating to think, actually, I've got to watch the full three hours. But there will be highlights videos of it. Yeah. And then all the races appear somewhat illegally online. So... You can shh, shh. <laughs> no, 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 no. You know, good internet, not bad internet. <laughs> internet. But no, it's like the Robin. It's not illegal. It's like the Robin Hoods of the internet. Take pro- content that's only on a pay-to-view stream or only streamed in Italy. They take it from the rich and they give it to the poor. Us, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you can find it. You can kind of pick in and go. Actually, I'm going to watch the last 15 minutes. I'm going to last. I mean. If you watch the last 15 minutes, you don't get the backstories because by that time it's full on, oh my God, this is incredible. Wow, wow, look what they're doing. But they can, you know, but, but you can choose your segment of it. Like just because it's presented as one huge long thing doesn't mean that you, know, you can still pick and choose it. Maybe I'll watch the beginning and maybe I'll fast forward to bits. Or you can ask someone like me and go, hey, Sarah, are there bits that, that are particularly interesting and I'll bes- I can bespoke you a, actually, this was when the key attack went and then I think you should watch the last... 12 minutes. That sounds good. I can tweet you. Yeah. Is, As for highlights. Yeah, yeah. Is any of this even vaguely convincing? It is. It is. It's a slight smile. I think I should give it a chance. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is you are supporting, from a feminist point of view, you're supporting yeah. You're supporting the underdogs, for sure, because, you know, these there aren't that many races on, on TV. So what I say to people is, even if you don't watch it all the way through, if you can put it on or you can put it on iPlayer and then go and do something else while it's just running on your computer, you know, with the volume turned down, then that's awesome because any bit like that helps support other people. Mm, that's and, true. And so there is, so there's, there's, a, there's a kind of political, you know, the person is political, right? There's a political aspect to it as well that, that, that we, we at the moment are changing the world in how more women's racing has been shown than ever before. The women's Ronde van Vlaanderen, one of the biggest races, wasn't going to have the women's race shown. But a rider started a hashtag campaign, uh, started talking about it on social media. Mm-hmm. A hashtag campaign came off the back of it. What was that? Uh, the Ronde van Vlaanderen. We what want, was the hashtag? It was, we want RVV live. We want the Ronde van Vlaanderen live. And that resulted in a stream planned in Dutch. So, okay, for people who have one TV package. Because people then carried on and said, actually, shit, we want to see it too. We want to mm. see it too. We want to see it too. They showed it in English, which I commentated with Rochelle. That's so, beautiful. Yeah, That's so amazing. wow. And this this year we've got more live women's racing than ever before. And that's not to say you should watch it for pity. But, <laughs> but just that Support. What, I yeah, can get behind that. Yeah, and, and also and it's also that thing of like you know, like with social you you are both social media professionals, right? I by myself can't make a difference in the in the in the world because, you know, I'm one voice. But I retweeting you know just retweeting someone's thing just watching something on online just clicking on someone's website clicking on the sponsors that is all measured and counted and adds up and provides more money mm. and to me that's a really yeah. exciting thing because yeah. you can kind of like go yeah we 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 i by myself don't have a power but together we we do have a voice and we do have power and although it's you know not as important as global politics it's still fun everything is related Teamwork, teamwork yeah. makes the dream work. <laughs> that's, that's my takeaway from that. So yes. you can watch the Tour de Yorkshire at Look Mum No Hands. Tweet the hell out, Sarah, because you will be tweeting all day. Yes, we do, and we do common tweeting. There's a lot of common tweeting as well. So one of the best ways to watch women's cycling is you can watch it with Twitter 
And if you ask questions on the hashtag, someone's going to reply. So if you're like, I don't know what's going on or who is this person, then nine times out of ten, when there's some kind of live TV, there's someone like me or Peter Vanderbane or, you know, the, we call it the Women's Cycling Detective Club. Um, <laughs> like we'll be, we'll be adding a bit of, we'll be add, adding a little bit of um, background and context. And that's, you know, common, common tweeting. You know, we common tweet, common tweeting races. That's it. the joy of Twitter because if nobody else does this, you should. It's like when you watch Eurovision sit on Twitter and you just get to see this hive mind of what everybody's thinking and saying. So what's the hashtag for? So I don't know what I... Oh God, that's terrible. I can't remember. I should know the hashtag of, of... I think it's WTDY. But if you go on the Twitter Yorkshire Twitter, they'll be using the hashtag. Okay. Um, and then you can go on the hashtag and see it. Or I keep a curated list of my favourite accounts to watch the races live that can kind of... Because a lot of people also just will copy and paste each other's tweets and yeah. copy and paste information out of Twitter. So I keep a, a, a list which I tweet regularly so that people can... So you can just actually follow this curated set of people who are good you're a good source yeah i mean yeah. the thing that people come to my blog for is how do i watch this race that's in a it's streamed in italian and only available in italy um here let me tell you how to find a dodgy pirate stream brackets <laughs> please have your ad block purpose on or or here's how to watch it and that's that's why people that's mostly it's This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Kind of shaming because the things you write and put your heart into, no one reads, but the things that you go, here's how to watch a race, people watch. It's very humbling. It's good for the soul. Yes. Yes. So how do you feel, Jenny? From a feminist perspective and the fact that we've started Team Wag at Bike Kitchen trying to get more women to ride in groups mm-hmm. more than just a simple slow social ride but like let's let's pick up the pace a bit not quite like club level yeah that can be a source of encouragement 
Um, but also knowing that we're supporting something and creating some sort of change within that industry, actually that's really important, like stupid important and showing like role models for young women. Yeah. Mm, That, that, that I can get behind for sure. When I first, when I first started writing, this doesn't happen anymore, but every couple of six weeks I'd have someone come to me and go, Hey Sarah, um, I'm a dad of three kids and my I love riding my bike. My kids love riding their bike, but my son was saying he wanted to be Mark Cavendish, and my daughter, my other son said he wanted to be Bradley Wiggins, and my daughter said she wanted to be Mark Cavendish, and my son said you can't be a bike rider. Women don't work ride bikes. Or I really love bike riding. I want to take my daughter cycling. We watched the Tour de France together, and I said to her, "Hey, would you like to start racing?" And she said, "Oh, don't be silly, Daddy. Girls can't ride. Don't girls can't race bikes?" That's horrifying. They feel sick. Yeah, and they'd oh, come to me and they'd say. Please, can you show me? Can you give me some names of some riders? Can you give me some video? Or can you give me some videos? Can you tell me where I should look? I know I should know this myself. I'm really sorry, but can you help? And I give them, I bespoke them up something. Mm-hmm. Now that doesn't happen anymore because we've got more live women's racing than ever before, and everyone knows Lizzie Danan or Laura Trott or or or, or Danny King or Mariana Ross. You know, like yeah. it's really really easy to find it in the mainstream websites. It's in the mainstream media. And that doesn't happen anymore. And this, this, there's something about not being visible in that's that's, that's terrible. And and you know, in the grand scheme of things, well, not being visible, racing bikes isn't a bad thing. But then it kind of ties into girls in the street, in public, not being visible as, as bike riders. It ties into all sorts of stuff mm-hmm. that's. Mm. That to me, just even having women being absolute badasses, riding like crazy, being really aggressive, competitive. Some people don't like that aspect of it, but it being there is... It's an option. Yeah. If you can't see it, you can't be it. Yeah. Got to put it out there. Yeah. And you can have a rider who she'll get off her bike and she's, you know, completely covered in sweat and she's exhausted and she's like lying in the road. (laughs) And then 10 minutes later, she's put together on the podium. You know, she's pulled her hair back. Maybe she's put a bit of mascara on, but, or maybe she hasn't, you know, and she's looking beautiful because she's so happy with herself and she's glowing on the inside. And it's like, she's not a conventionally attractive supermodel. She's not, she's not even, but she's just attractive and looks like she is so proud of herself and so happy. And when the team finished the race and all the girl, all the women are hugging each other because it's not just one person's win. It's a whole team win. And they're not podium girls. Yeah. God, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Ask a terrible question on their podium men, but that doesn't make. No, it. there are there are podium men. Some races have podium men, and it's. Do they wear bikinis? No. Right in the in. Okay, I'll watch that. In, yeah. <laughs> now we're getting into the wine and some flowers. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> Um, in the Tour de Norway, a couple of years ago, they had a the, the ladies' Tour of Norway. They got two incredibly hunky Norwegian men wearing kind of military uniforms, unbuttoned, showing their wax chests. Oh, wow! And they were very tall, and, and and it was hilarious. But then you get things like Amstel Gold, where they were quite objectively not attractive men wearing ridiculous costumes in colour, and you're like, hang on a minute. A lot of races, when they put podium podium boys on, they are doing it to say, look, we objectify men too, so you Mm. should be fine with objectifying women. Mm. Even though the two things are completely different, like like having podium boys is taking the piss a little bit. It's taking the piss out of people who don't like podium girls. It's taking the piss out of the riders a bit. It's like the whole concept, and there's something different about the dynamic. I hate the dynamic of I've won the race, therefore everyone kisses from a pretty girl. 
That is not healthy. It's shit. Sure shit as well. Like that's how. Oh, you tell get me about affection. it. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. not cool. Yeah, it's every, It's wrong on every level, and and the girls are literally there as set dressing. You know, like they're they're there like the bunch of flowers is there. They're there like the yeah. trophies there. They're trophies. They're physical they trophies. Are trophies. Yeah, that's how they're treated. But putting men on there and saying, "Oh, you know, you've won the race, and now you get kissed by attractive met by, by by attractive boy candy," because it's a different kind of vibe. It's like saying, "Oh, you know, it's putting those boys down as well because they're yeah, just pretty." Exactly. Yeah. The best racers that do it. This is how they do it. They get. Instead of podium girls, they have maybe a podium host who will be the person who ushers people into place because it is quite difficult. There is a there is a technical aspect of the job. I'm not sure how hard it is, but you know. But what they do is they get the sponsor and they go, okay, we've been sponsored by Look Mom No Hands. Alex is <laughs> <doing it>. here. <laughs> Alex is Ding. Alex is giving away the Look Mom No Hands most aggressive rider jersey. And you stand up and everyone goes, yay, perhaps you. And they get a picture with you. And you've been part of the race. They've taken you to the race in the car. They've given you a really fun time. You've had a VIP experience. And then you get to have some thank you for being a sponsor. So that's quite clever. That's clever. That makes so much more sense. Now, part two is instead of a podium girl giving you a flower. So, Alex, you might give the prize. And instead of a podium girl girl giving you a flower you get a young rider from a local club like who's 11 years old or something or 14 years old like they do at Wimbledon where they get the ball, ball, ball boys and the ball girls and they give you and, they, and the rider gives you and the, the young rider from the club gives you the gives you the flowers and gets to stand next to you and have their picture taken with you and that's amazing Roll that's cool yeah yeah the best young rider jersey in the race Tullingen run fast race in Germany the best young rider jersey is a child of one of the sponsors so this sponsor's child, so the sponsor gets to see their child, who really loves bike riding, riding too, give the flowers and this, this, you know, and it's comedy. Um, other things that they do, Tullingen also has one of the stages is in the hometown of Robert Forsterman, a track cyclist oh, who's known for his gigantic legs. <laughs> so Robert Hams. Forsterman turns up in his rainbow jersey because he's the local hero. And gives them the flowers. So oh, he's, that's not do- he's not doing this as a podium. Did you not have it to be with the yes, with his his thighs. Thighs. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you see him walk like whoa, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> comes lumbering out of the flowers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they also have one of the stages is in um, a place which is like famous for its medieval history. So they have people in medieval dress, a man and a woman <laughs> handing you the flowers. So there's all kinds of things that you can do. Like tennis, yeah. they don't have podium boys and podium girls. It's just not they, the tennis is one of the most expensive sports in the world mm. and people oh yes but it's traditional and, 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 and as if not having that picture of some dude with two women kissing his mm. cheeks is not having that picture is somehow going to take away <laughs> something from your sport yeah oh, at Scrap that he did that race actually because there's no picture <laughs> it doesn't count yeah. ridiculous so yeah, so so yes, that's my that's my short thesis on podium. I mean, I know that oh, some, some people like go, it. oh blah blah blah. I, I'm a model and I really like it, and it empowers me. And it's like that's great, but you know, your anecdata is not is not is my my evidence trumps your trumps your anecdata, or my political action trumps your feels of. Yeah, because there's other things you can do. It doesn't need to be that. No, exactly, exactly. Or, you know, you could actually be celebrated for achieving something rather than just celebrated for being a really, really, really good looking. So. Yeah, it's not always a skill. <laughs> not all of us have it. No, I know. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, of course you do. You, you can. We all do because we're all beautiful do. inside. Yes, that's what it is. Wow. Well, that was an amazing little kind of adventure into why we should give a shit about stuff. Mini interview. Yes. Um, I 
I'm curious now. Now I'm just sad that it's on Saturday because I work on Saturday. Well, you can watch it afterwards. You can watch it on. I would seriously, if you want me to bespoke you a little a segment of it, I can send you. Yeah, that'd be good. Maybe it would be okay to have it on in the workshop because yes. it's related to. Yeah, have it on in the back. I was thinking just have, have it on, on the background, background and just kind of consume it lightly. Yeah, and, and force other people give you a little sandwich. Yeah, of all the good that stuff. is that <laughs> is a really good way to do it as well because you know you don't want to listen and, and actually it's quite good for that because you can listen to what's going on. Mm. You don't have to commit. You don't have to commit to it. It's not like getting married. You're not getting married to professional women's cycling. <laughs> and it's also fine if you don't like it. Like, that's the other thing. Mm. It's like, if you watch it and go, actually, you know what? I I, I I get what you're saying, but it's not for me because I don't watch sports or, or these aren't the kind of sports that I watch or, you know, I, I like I don't know, diving or gymnastics or something like that. That's a very different thing. That's completely cool because there, the best thing about cycling is there's some part in the massive massive field yeah. of cycling yeah. there's something for everyone spectrum of cycling I, yeah it's 100 fair to say i tried it and i don't like it but if you haven't tried it at all what give it a go what's it like it what's it like hosting the days at look mum when you're showing the races uh it's hit and miss some races like perry roubaix we were like maxed out off the chain because that's the thing I, that's a race i do say to people as well like the similar like introductory one it's like oh if you want to get into it yeah that's the kind of race so the other ones we'll just get a handful of people in so, but I think, yeah, with this, with Tour de Yorkshire, we'll get a good amount in of people. So we have a big screen, we have a really nice cafe vibe, we do really good beer and good food, so it's And a you can combo. do it socially as well. I mean, the thing is, is when you're watching it on your laptop, sometimes it can feel, like, very singular. And this mm. is why, so I generally have one window on half my laptop, and then my other window is Twitter. So I'm watching it with people online, like this yeah. community of people. I'm like, oh, wow, that's amazing. Did you see that? Oh, God. And... Because watching it by yourself, you know, watching it by yourself can be quite. Uh, cycling's a really good social. And I like social. It's like I like my my spot on the spectrum is cycling is a social experience, right? Yeah. So sitting in somewhere like look, like look, mum would be amazing. If I was in London, I'd totally go down there just because being able to sit there and have someone else who loves what you love sat next to you, yeah, and hang out and have a good time. Oh, damn! Come back, Sarah. Yeah. Oh, I love it, you guys. Come back. Thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, and thank you for your work, because I love both of your work. I think oh. you're wonderful and amazing, and I hope you keep that in the podcast. <laughs> oh, my we'll little heart work. I know, thank oh my you. God. Oh, someone believes in us. I believe in you. Yes! <laughs> I'm it. Yes, thank you. Hi, friends. We're back. That was great. I love Sarah. She <laughs> is so full of stoke. It's the best. She's so excited. So please follow her. If you didn't catch it before, we will put a link below. Her Twitter is at PW Cycling. So Professional Women's Cycling is what it stands for. So go follow Sarah. Go ask her for advice. She has so much knowledge and passion. She will do whatever she can to help you out. infectious. Yeah. (laughs) I am infected. been infected by Sarah. (laughs) Thank you, Sarah. And we want to bring her back. Yes. Um, Yes. Like an event, Beginner's Guide to Watching professional racing yeah so i've been in conversation with her for a while now that we're going to do this at look on your hands and she'll get in touch about a race coming up that doesn't have commentary and she will be in the cafe doing live commentary so you can come along and you can literally be like i don't know what's going on that would be me <laughs> and then <laughs> where am i what's a peloton yeah <laughs> and she'll happily just explain it to you so it's going to be awesome and we'll team up with team wag which is all about empowering and helping everyone people get on their bikes yeah so now i am bringing out the ouija board the ouija board is covered in pictures of bicycles (laughs) dust and bicycles blowing the dust off 
We're putting our hands on it and we are calling out. Richard. Richard Ballantyne. Speak to us from beyond the grave. Richard, we are calling out to you. So Jenny has in her hands a slightly yellowed book from the 70s. Yes, this is Richard's Bicycle Book, a manual of bicycle maintenance and enjoyment. And enjoyment. That part for me is very important. (laughs) So we're going to read a little section from Richard's book. My mum gave me this book from a charity shop and it's hilarious that a book written in the 70s still has some really interesting things that are relevant today. So relevant. So totally relatable. What are you... Hashtag real. What are you reading for us today, Jenny? Um, Today I'm getting into protest mode with Richard... And a little bit about like higher consciousness. So I found a passage about kind of the bigger picture around cycling. Walking, roller skating or riding a bicycle is an efficient use of energy and reduces wastage. Great Britain runs neck and neck with the United States in its ability to consume and waste. And in relation to the size of her population, utilizes a disproportionately large proportion of the world's resources. The point is, many of the commodities we take for granted are gained at considerable expense to a world hurting badly for food and other necessities. Using a bicycle is the starting antidote to the horrors of consumerism. Which brings us to the most positive series of reasons for trying to use bicycles at every opportunity. Basically, this is that it will enhance your life, bringing to it an increase in quality of experience, which will find its reflection in everything you do. The most important effect of mechanical contraptions, and by this he means car, is that they defeat consciousness. Consciousness, self-awareness, and development are the prerequisites for a life worth living. Now look at what happens to you on a bicycle. It's immediate and direct. You pedal. You make decisions. You experience the tang of the air and the surge of power as you bite into the road. You're vitalized. As you hum along, you fully and gloriously experience the day, the sunshine, the clouds, the breezes. You're alive. You are going someplace, and it is you who are doing it. Awareness increases, and each day becomes a little more important to you. With increased awareness, you see and notice more, and this further reinforces awareness. Each time you insert you into a situation, each time you experience, you fight against alienation and impersonality. You build consciousness and identity. You try to understand things in the ways that are important to you, and these qualities carry over into everything you do. An increased value on one's own life is the first step in social conscience and politics. Because to you, life is dear and important and fun, you're much more easily able to understand why this is also true for a Vietnamese person, a black person, or a Tobago Islander. Believe it. The salvation of the world is the development of personality and identity for everybody in it. Much work, many lifetimes. But a good start for you is get a bicycle. Wow, Richard. Richard got deep. Richard! (laughs) I didn't know a bicycle could do so much. It could make you not a racist. There's loads of stuff about like anti-consumerism and environmentalism in here great it's yeah it's a really interesting thought that applying yourself to something and thinking can make you more aware of the world imagine that wow (laughs) consciousness that is something i love about 
cycling in from the previous shows and we've talked about these therapy sessions yeah that it always yeah. starts to kind of go out and it's like it's not just a bicycle man <laughs> it's like it's so much more connected to the road man everything connected is connected to each other what do you think about that jenny i completely agree with all of this it's great and it's just a bit sad that this was written in 1975 and it's still true now and wish that more people would read this and take it to heart. Empathy. It's all about empathy. <laughs> yeah, get this book, man. It's so old, it's probably really cheap now. Yeah. <laughs> you have no excuse. Yeah, and it's just a fetching cover. Fetching back cover, too. <laughs> <laughs> what is on the back cover, Jenny? They're on a tandem tricycle. Richard's wearing another fetching jumper. Oh, no, it's the same one. Uh, but I think he's wearing a beret. Richard. And... My dad's really into bikes. My dad's really into tandems. Me and my dad used to ride a tandem tricycle. Oh, wow. They are the fucking worst. <laughs> Why? Because if the road's really cambered, yeah. the whole thing just goes. It just falls over. You're off to the side. Because there's two of you on this thing. Yeah. And the two wheels from the tricycle coming out. It just tips. Oh, wow. So we were on a road and we were going along and it was so cambered. We just fell off. <laughs> They're really hard work. They're way, like, also I've had tricycles. Fun. Like, my mum's had tricycles. Yeah. And they're so difficult to steer because of the weight at the back. Oh. But when you turn it, the whole thing leans. You don't kind of appreciate the two wheels being in a line on a normal bike. Wow. It's not affected so much. So yeah, when people are like, get a tricycle, it's easier. It's like, they're not easier. They're actually harder. Oh, wow. I never realised. Yeah, fun little tricycle fact for you there. They're shit. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> they only work if you're on a completely flat, straight road and you don't need to turn. Thanks. So, should we just have another plug that, Jenny, you have a book coming out. The book went to the proofreader. The manuscript went to the proofreader um, a couple days ago. So I have this huge weight lifted off my back, theoretically. Yeah. But in practice, I'm like, I'm supposed to be worried about something, but I don't know what it is. And it makes me feel really... Are you worried about I not feel, being worried? Yeah, I'm worried that I'm not worried. <laughs> I'm worried there's, there should be something there, but there's nothing there. I'm sure it'll be replaced by something else. It'll be yeah, fine. don't worry. Something new. It'll be fine. Some new bullshit will turn up. Don't I worry. It has. I can hear it coming. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> it's bullshit. Uh, it's coming. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to just end the show with saying a massive thank you to Sarah for taking the time yes. to chat to us. Yeah. She is an inspiration and an absolute treat. Please come and watch Tour de Yorkshire with us at Look Mom Your Hands or watch it online. Support women cycling. Yeah, support, support cycling. cycling. And we will see you next time. Oh, the Bye. Ouija board flew away. No, oh. Bye, Richard. <laughs> Bye, friends. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.